welcome to Said. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief and Curious Style Voyeur, Jane Dagny. Said is the conversational complement to what's been written in Designers Today magazine. Said is also an acronym that stands for Something About Interior Designers. Here, through conversations with designers and decorators, manufacturers, marketing experts, business coaches, and others in our community, we'll acknowledge, celebrate, and explore that special je ne sais quoi that designers share and yet express uniquely. Designers are creators, people handlers, and life changers, artists and visionaries, extraordinary jugglers with powers often greater than they can see. We are intrigued and inspired over and over again. Enough said. On with the show. Hi, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, my guest is Alexa Hampton, the one and only. What a dynamic human being she is, and so down to earth. This is not your typical said podcast. It is a conversation and Q&A that we recorded at the Designer Experience Atlanta. The session was sponsored by Theodore Alexander, with whom Alexa has a drop-dead furniture collection. Seriously, I have never seen so many new pieces exude such provenance. If you've been to Theodore Alexander's High Point showroom, you know what I'm talking about. Our conversation lasted about an hour, and we are running it as is, unedited. I'm so excited to listen because while I was up on stage with Alexa, I didn't hear it in the same way that an audience does. From where I sat, what I can tell you is that the crowd had nothing but smiles and animated facial expressions. As one designer, Dorothy Burke, said about Alexa, she was energetic, real, unfiltered, and refreshing. With stories past and present, Alexa had completely captivated the room, and I hope she does the same for you. Here we go. So first off, what is, um, I want to know the shade of lipstick that you wear. What's your signature shade? Um, (laughs) Golly, well, today I have a cold, so I need to take as much attention away from the rest of my face (laughs) as possible. So I tried to paint on kind of like a baboon's ass, you know, that's like bright red and distracts from everything else. Is that the new MAC color, Baboon's Ass? Yeah, Baboon's Ass coming out in my, instead of Kylie Cosmetics, it'll be middle-aged woman baboon's ass um, or hot mess hot mess cosmetics uh-huh. I um, so it is Mark Jacobs I don't know the, the name but actually fuchsia is my happy place ah, okay okay well because I know um, I know that you kiss a lot of you have some People. long embraces at market. You're kind of known for these really dramatic lonely. embraces. In fact, I was talking to Michelle Boyd the other day, and he was yeah. like, oh, we always do that. And I go, well, I heard that you also do that with a lot of other... Um, I or he? You, he probably he, both of you, he's but... He's been kissing around, too. I've seen it. You have a reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. I have so many questions, and I want... Um, the people that are here for the designer experience to also be able to just ask you whatever they're feeling and want to know. Um, But I want to go back a little bit to growing up and being the daughter of Mark Hampton and Dwayne and um, what that was like and when you first wanted to, when you first realized that you wanted to be a designer because I don't know if it was expected of you or like you were groomed to be that or if it was of your total own volition. Um, is anything of our own total volition? I'm not sure. But um, I have an older sister, and she is not a designer, so it wasn't an edict, for sure. 
Um, and my father was a great painter in addition to being a great designer. And I can draw and paint, not like he can, but I can draw and paint. And so in my child's mind, that drew the connection for me. Like, oh, I can do that. I should watch what he's up to. Um, he also, it seemed very glamorous, what he was up to, whatever that mysterious thing was. He'd be hopping on planes and traveling, and um, which is funny because now that's the thing that I like least about my job. My flight here last night was my 105th flight of the year. And um, my body is just not wearing things as well as I used to, but those complimentary drinks in first class. <laughs> sure, get a girl where she needs to go. Um, the Lush of Delta, right up there with Hot Mess Cosmetics. Um, here she comes. Here she comes. Um, crack that can open. Um, so anyway, I, um, so in, in that regard, I made my own choices, I hope. But also, I know I just turned mine off too. I was like, oh, this, I've had mine go off so many times, like far away from where I am on stage. I'm like, who is that? Me. Um, but um, there, there was a way in which both my sister and I were trained because, and, and I, I won't say trained, I'll say it's like a person learning a foreign language. We were always at museums, always on house tours, and we, uh, in gardens, we can speak that language. My sister can speak that language. She knows from Pugin's wallpaper. She knows Sheila versus Klimt. She knows, you know, she, she has a lot of information because we were taught that as a second language. And she's an actress. She is. And you have a flair for drama and you have a great sense of humor. I'm the clown. You're the clown. Was, were your parents funny like that, or was that just your own, you know? I know my parents were very funny. Mm -hmm. But um, my mother is more body funny, as I am. Mm -hmm. uh, though my son Michael says, oh, mommy, you're three kinds of funny. You're funny funny, mm. you're dark funny, and you're dirty funny. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that sounds about right. So my mother was body funny. My father was, um, is body, my mother, Dwayne. And my, my father was very funny, but he was also very dignified. So it amplified how funny it was because he'd, he'd um, you know, like, or if he'd curse, it would amplify how funny it was because here he was, you know, best dressed list and so elegant. So it made for, but he and I could recite Pee Wee Herman to each other uh -huh. and did. Yes. Oh. Family movies. I know we have a picture of, um, there was a great picture of you and your dad mm -hmm. that, at the beginning of this. Do you all see it with like kissing? kissing yeah. That's when we were seeing the Terminator 2 in Providence, Rhode Island during a college visit and we just hopped into a booth. See there? I do kiss. I kiss a lot. I'm a kisser. What sort of um, qualities and values do you feel like your family grew up with? I mean, you were exposed and, you know, see things and, and be out in the world, mm -hmm. but like what sort of... Um, is this big question values? Yeah, like what, what do you feel like your the gift, gifts from your parents that you are Cellulite um, <laughs> from my mother and a propensity to sweat from my father. Thank uh -huh. you both. That's great. I like that. Adult acne. Uh -huh. um, that's uh, the gift that keeps giving. But I would also say, I know too much, right? Yeah. Keep it to myself. Um, I just slathered myself in foundation to like 
there's got to be one common tone I can connect all of this with. Um, I, my father grew up on a farm. His father was an undertaker, and his family was Quaker. And my mother was born in Oregon, ended up in Pennsylvania. They met on a blind date in Italy. So um, I feel that they, and then they moved to New York, both got their graduate degrees and lived, a, to my eyes, a very exciting life. But I think they did a great job of straddling what could be fun and fancy and glamour. And also a sense of like, this is really cool that we're doing this. And for my father especially, like, wow, I'm getting to do this. And I grew up on a farm with maybe not the, the hope that I would get to follow my dream. And that um, being grateful, uh, gratitude, I think, is very important. I, did you go to a Quaker school? No, I mean, we're total atheists. We're, we just go to church for the music. But... Um, and we don't even that much. But uh, my sister, funnily enough, ended up at a friend's seminary. But, but I, I mean, if I were to pick a religion, that would be the religion I'd pick because they're so cool and so inclusive and wonderful. But I just, I'm not an organized religion gal. I went to Quaker school, but... I'm I mean, they created learn, schooling was, was so in the great. country. It was so great. So what's the first um, room that you remember, the first space that was, is indelible in your mind um, our apartment was always pretty fabulous, um, to, I mean, to me. Um, and I don't mean that in a pedigreed fancy way. I mean, it was when I was born in the 70s, my father had just been working for David Hicks, so there were lots of fun, bright pink geometrics and orange, bold orange uh, octagons. And um, that's a really cool thing when you're a kid. It's cool now, too, but it really spoke to me then. And then as they got more grown up and the, their, their taste got more grown up, somebody really wants to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Don't be silly. Um, I, um, you know, I just always, I, just, I mean, one feels that way about one's house. I suppose that is exaggerated when your father's a famous designer and, and your love is wrapped up in pride. And you're so proud of him and, and what, you know, it just... What was your room like? Um, well, I was allowed to do my own room, sort of. I mean, always with, like, the guided hand. So at 13 or 12, it was black, with a black David Hicks carpet and David Bowie posters and a beautiful bone mirror and really low-slung beds. And then when I was 15, it became a huge Liela Polonaise in a... To hear such a gross, I'm so ashamed, in like dusty pink. And my father was like, this is like a whorehouse. Um, and, but I, you know, I was like, oh, this is what a grown up sexy room looks like. Um, yeah, and whorehouse. Did you, yeah. <laughs> it's welcoming and warm. It is. Do your friends think that you would like the coolest, the coolest house, the coolest home? Um, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in New York. There, there's a lot of a lot of that, a lot of fancy yeah, pants. Of I and still, I see a lot of super fancy apartments. But I'm happy with my apartment, um, which is as it should be. Yes. So, um, how old were you when your father passed away? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And I'd started to work for him summers when I was thirteen. Mm -hmm. So one month, and now I'm my boys. I have twin boys who are going to be thirteen this month, and I have a daughter who's eleven, and. 
you know, I do want them to start like having a job at least for a month come summertime. Like they can, you know, they, they yell at me when I say this. They're like, summer's for fun. I'm like, that's who? Job. You got a job. To job do. with you? <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I, I would love them to do something maybe. Um, well, if they had a job for me, they'd be returning samples and walking back and forth to the D&D &D building, which would be great. Um, I want them to do something like not terribly exciting, uh, like some menial labor to it, just to, so, to remember how lucky we are when we do things later. If we like them, what a blessing that is. So kind of I want to shit on their head and make them appreciate other things. <laughs> is that wrong? Does that make me a bad parent? It's just slight shit. Okay, so you're 27. I, you're 27, and you, the firm Mark Hampton um, is in, now passed on to you. Yeah. So in what February happened? of 1998, my father was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And in hindsight, he had been sick for two years, for sure. And he, he kept, it kept, they kept talking about his sinuses. And at one point, and his doctor was the same doctor that Julie Andrews saw, who was sued by Julie Andrews for ruining her voice, which just adds drama to it. But um, they wanted to drill into his sinuses, and he was um, really scared that he'd go blind, because that's one of the, you know, possible effects. So, anyway, clearly it wasn't that. So, by the time he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, that was February, and in July he was dead. So, we didn't really have much time to, you know, first of all, we didn't sit down and be like, hey, you're dying. I mean, he was taking chemo and he was, he was fighting it. But, um, and we were all just dancing as fast as we could, both in the office and family members, you know, to keep him happy and to, you know, go to work during the day. Did he work, you know, through it yeah, and as yeah. much as he could? Yeah. Um, so then when he died, it was just, you know, it's kind of hard to unwind a company. So there was an aspect of it that was just easier to keep trying to keep going. And there was so much love and goodwill toward him that people were incredibly kind. And I feel like our community is incredibly kind. Like, we want to see each other succeed and we don't, we don't want to... You know. And so were you supported by, totally. by, within the company and also without by people saying, what can we do, how can we help? Um, yes and no. So within the company, I think a bunch of people, certainly some senior people were like, I don't want to work for you. You're they not what I right. signed on for. Yeah. Not in a malicious way, but like a kid, mm -hmm. hey. Um, and then in the world abroad, I would have friends sit me down and give me advice. And I got some mansplaining too. Uh, which was, I didn't know what mansplaining was then. I don't think it existed. What, what is it? Um, <laughs> like a man sitting you down and telling you how the world works oh. and being like, you know, it should never be about you. It should always be about the team, and th which is funny. Lots of sports analogies. Yeah, but also I find that an interesting message to have a, to say to a woman over and over. Like, it's not about you. It's, it, 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 interesting stuff. As if women are... So totally selfish and single-minded. Or we're... that women are historically, and I don't mean to get on a rant because the man who gave me this advice was lovely beyond measure and was really trying to help. But I think that his notion was that it, it, 
the woman's ego has to be subordinate. So um, as far as uh, being supported, but some other people like kind of just thinking, hmm, you know, she's this yeah. young. Were, were there, um, so at that point, you know, people in the industry talk a lot about how nobody shared, everybody was much more alone back mm -hmm, then. Mm -hmm. Were there, um, do you think there were some like naysayers that were just like, oh, we're going to watch oh. and see what she can do? Oh, with sure. And I don't even think that's a naysaying. I think that that's legit. Like, well, let's see. Um, and yeah, there was a New York Times article that was like, I think there was an article that said, ain't nepotism grand. And I was like, there is nothing grand about having your parent die. Fuck you. Um, I know, such a salty mouth so early in the morning. We're going to have to edit this. The guy is walking away like, duh. I've actually been, been thinking that, um, cause we'll, we'll play this in different venues, but you know, when nightclubs. Yes. <laughs> I think we need some, I, I like it. I like the tone yeah. of it, so. Um, but um, I totally understood why people would say, you know, they didn't know me at all. Um, they hadn't seen my work or were unaware of how long I've been working for my father. And um, so one of the first things I did was uh, the Kips Bay Show House. And it was a tiny space, but I needed to have somebody see my work. And then a project that I had done for my father, I mean, my, my my office is similar in that he was the designer on every job, as I am the designer on every job, but not alone. There are other designers at the firm with whom I work on these jobs who are vital and important. And so after my father's death, one of the these jobs was published that had been one of my jobs. And then I was in the magazine because it was a story and, you know, you just got to pedal, pedal, pedal. Um, so um, my father had also always said to me, you know, if, if you have an opportunity to speak to, to a magazine, to, you know, s something for publicity, you know, do it and be helpful. And if you can't do it, if there's some reason, like, you don't have the answer for them, hook them up with someone who can help them so that you become a resource, so that people know to go to you, that you'll help them out and, like, be the first person they'll call. So... You, um, you're like being Alexa Hampton every day. If you, I mean, no, but it's like it was a big deal, you know. To you, you're, you're a celebrity designer, um, well known. But do you still have to hustle every day? Totally, to, like, get and thank clients? God for social media. You know, a celebrity designer. I think the the but, real celebrity designers were, you know, my father, Mario, Albert Hadley. You know, back in the day. Okay. Um, you know, I'm like taking selfies of myself in the bathtub um, <laughs> of my toes. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I have to hustle every day. I mean, my day job is decorating and then I'm very interested in creating product. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I have a entrepreneurial, you know, um, interests. Yes. Um, but I feel like fear is my real driver. I'm like always afraid I'm going to totally fail and that I'm not working hard enough. My father was such a hard worker that I'm always, I'm always like upset with my laziness. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I was just talking to somebody actually about hardworking versus smart working because we're always so praised for being hard workers, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, 
yeah, I work really hard. I think I'm going to work myself into the ground. But like, maybe there's something to smart working, which is I'm sure there uh, you is. Know, You'll yeah. let me know. I know. <laughs> I, maybe somebody out there will let us know because I, I haven't figured it out yet. But I think all of us in this industry, it's a, it's scary in that if you know you can be high on the hog and feeling great about yourself, and you have a great project and it looks beautiful, and then you install it, and where's that next great job? phone has to ring. You have to look at the phone and will it to ring. Does your phone ring a lot? I mean, do you get a lot and of... Sometimes. Some and sometimes if it's not ringing, I'm like, oh my God. You know, so we all go through this and it's it, it keeps us in a suspended state of anxiety. So in your pie chart, that is that is your your um, career. I love pie. Do you? Can, can mine be a shepherd's pie? I love yes, the savory Alexa. pie. Yes. What to, Can you divide your your savory pie chart into um, how much work you, how much time you spend on decorating, product development, your, I'd say, entrepreneurial pursuits. Like how, what gets the most? Um, I spend 80% of my time decorating, 15% of my time with um, licensing and, you know, talking to you and, um, I mean, I don't have hobbies. Except I for was Bravo. Ask you if you have any uh, any hobbies outside of work, like is there room, or is it just one big blur, sort of like work and life? I mean, and I, it's 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 all things I enjoy. You know, what people, you know, I love going on Instagram and looking at beautiful houses. I mean, I could do that and do do that for hours in between. You know, during the advertisements on Bravo. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, my day job is my day job, but I really love, you know, like Theodore Alexander I'm here for today and just came out with this huge line of furniture for them. And I have so much more space at market to decorate that it it's making the licensing so much more connected to my decorating. I was going to say, so um, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but um, at the showroom at Theodore Alexander, like Alexa has created this apartment home I mean it's like yeah, an estate awesome. and what a joy that must be I mean you know I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go to card number four which is about product not design. not four four I'm gonna Jane, say not four I know, yes yes we're going to four we're gonna go oh. right there right now but I just so let's just backtrack first a little bit about licensing mm -hmm. and product design what was the first product that you put your name on um I love it that sounds so willful like I'm yeah, putting my it. name on you um, it was Kravit, and the Kravits called me up, and this is what I mean about goodwill, mm -hmm. and they, you know, were so sad that my father had died, and they didn't want to see his, his company dissolve, and they're so loving and supportive of everybody in the community, and they called and said, you know, do you want to do, like, Alexa Hampton for Mark Hampton? And I was like, do I? And I did, and that was just out of their generosity, and, but... You know the way it works. It's like if one guy asks you to the prom, then another guy might. So suddenly you're a viable thing. I went to an all-girls school, no prom. Don't know why that's my metaphor. Um, so that then made it easier for me then to pursue the next thing. So I sat my husband down. Um, actually, somebody had approached me, and I did a candle. And my husband's like, how do we get these into stores? Like, let's do this. And I'm like, honey, you know, I don't think we're going to make a fortune on a candle. Like, I think we got we to gotta think about this, you know, in the, uh, like, 
You know when somebody says something and it focuses your, like when you ask a waiter, what should I have, the spaghetti or the steak, and they say the steak, and that's when you realize you really want the spaghetti? Yeah, I, I never ask waiters what I should have because I'm like, I don't even know you. Why should I trust your opinion? True. That's how I feel. True. You're a suspicious woman, Jane. Skeptic. Um, <laughs> hmm, good to know. Um, so when he was like, candle, 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 um, I was like, you know what? This is wrong. It's got to be macro to micro. The only person who went micro to macro is Kate Spade that I can think of, who went from the little bag to then a universe. Everybody else starts out with something big, and then they're allowed to feather their nest with the little stuff. So I was like, we got we to gotta start with furniture. P.S., at the first seven years, of the company was owned by my mother. So, you know, I was giving her my father's salary. So, you know, all of this is happening, and, like, I was like, oh, my God, am I going to work for a parent my whole life? Um, and it appeared that the answer might have been yes. And then I bought the company from her, which was a huge liberating moment. And she was obviously, you know, helping me and encouraging me. With the, um, before we talk about the furniture, I just, I went to your website to see, like, your product. Mm -hmm. um, expanse and I was like cork flooring mm -hmm. it's gorgeous I mean that's such a cool item so and cool. kind of random I felt but gorgeous random motif. to you essential to me essential to and I felt like okay so tell me so are those based um, was the flooring based on places that you visited over like international I have a cork floor in my kitchen mm -hmm. and as as you know I grew up with David Higgs David Hicks rugs. I like cork floors. They're good on your feet. They're antimicrobial. They keep their temperature. If you, you know, they're, they're warm in the winter and mm -hmm. cold in the summer. Yeah, temperate. They, if you drop something on it, like a wine glass because you're drunk, unlikely to break as fast. Right, uh, yes. <laughs> I'll you step on it. Terribly <laughs> useful things. Um, uh, and, and, you know, can make beautiful geometries out of it. And the geometries that you make out of it are like a marble floor. So, and, but it can also mimic wood. So mine, in my barn, in my kitchen, I've done it in a herringbone that touches a threshold that then continues into herringbone wood. And it's a very, and it's cheap. Hello. It looks really good. I, I think you should expand that. Um, then I just want to talk about your paint. Uh -huh. that, cause that's just, that, I that, think that paint company is selling itself okay. right now. But what I think is really cool about the way that you did the collection uh -huh. is that you, um, as a trusted decorator, you named things like library blue and dining room uh -huh. this, and, and just that people then, like consumers, would be like, oh, here's three options for my living room. Here's, and uh -huh. it's kind of easy. I mean, that was the notion. I mean, I hope if if that company goes nowhere or it releases my line within it, I hope that it exists again in some other capacity. Because another thing I did with that was I had trim color one and ceiling color one. And the finishes were baked in. So that you wouldn't have to say, should I get it shiny? Should I get it satin and pervo? What is the finish? It just came in a can. And the ceiling was just flat. It just came that way. In your design, I mean, color is so, like, uh, strong, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. Just, it kind of... I mean, if Bunny Williams had a can of paint that was like, this is beautiful bedroom peach, I'd buy it. Right. right. So, um, I, I, I like the idea... I hope I'm a designer's designer, 
because when I design furniture, I see how other designers use it, then I immediately steal their ideas, then, you know, like it's a dialogue, and I think like, what would I like to have as a designer available to me? How, how many people here have visited, We I did ask yesterday, but we have some new people, visited the Theater Alexander showroom and seen Alexa's collection, yeah. So I visited four million times. I <laughs> can't get enough of seeing that tag with my name on it. When you were, um, <coughs> this was your second market with it, and mm -hmm. you, you um, made some changes to your rooms, or mm -hmm. you know whatever, uh, updated the narrative. Yep. But what is, when what's the starting point for that collection, and how did that come to be? Did you go to them? Did they come to you? What, did you meet in the middle? Um, so. I was somewhere else, and there was, uh, they had been bought by a company that was a financial institution's company, you know, venture capital, or one of those, one of those initials, like VC, or CPD, OCD, RIP, and I knew they were selling the company. Um, they had made no secret of that, and I started thinking, this is also like a moment in time where the whole gender parity conversation was happening. And I, I wasn't treated at all unequally at that company, but it made me start thinking uh, to myself, what do I do to, to do better? How, and am I, do I just let things go or should I be fighting to do more? And I, I thought, you know, I should, you know, I'm not, I'm 48. I've a hope to have at least 20 years. Yeah, yeah, that seems totally chill. Um, and maybe, I hope, I'd love it to be my most profitable 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I should really be out there, like, going for it. And so I thought this, you know, this company is going to be sold. It's already been sold once. Am I going to get new amounts of, you know, I just was like trying to forecast how I would develop. And I had a disagreement with the, um, with the president, um, who's actually charming about it. And I said, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to quit. At the time, I mean, I, um, was that a collection under your name or under your dad's Under my name. Uh, okay. So, um, so I quit and then I, I and, Theodore Alexander had a couple of times like nudged me. So I think like over the course of two years, they had poked me a couple of times and it never even occurred to me to move, like what? But because of that, it opened up my, my thought process. So I had the two years to think about it and then made my decision. But I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna start dating somebody else until I've broken up with the first person. So again, the dating analogies. So I broke up, and the next day, and that was in, I'm going to say January of, what would that be? If I launched in April of, what year are we in, 2019, yeah. then this was January of 2018. Wow. So I called the president of Theodore Alexander, and I was like, hey, and this is like typical stupid Alexa, just like, calling people and like you win some you lose some and I said um I'm interested and he and he said oh well 
you know, great, why don't we make an appointment, you know, in a few weeks uh, after spring market. And I said, I, I, I quit my old job. I'm free. And he's like, we'll send somebody tomorrow. <laughs> and, and then it just happened. <clears throat> so from January to January 18 it took or 19? Us, it, it took us a few months. Like, you know, lawyers take forever. Um, so we, we actually produced the 120 pieces in nine months, nine or 10, and two trips to Vietnam because some of it's built there, some of it's built in the States. And, and do you send, um, I know you draw, mm -hmm. and, and I know that you draw over pictures as well. Like, uh, are you just sending sure massive amounts of I I have, and... whenever I like something, I've, if I have, I've either built it or drawn it, and sometimes somebody better than I am drawing it, and it goes into a folio. So I had this huge stack of items to review with them. And Because um, you partner, you know, the hope is you always partner with someone who, who's amazing at their job yeah. because there's a and world of knowledge yeah. about furniture production that I don't have. So you have to go to a place that's amazing mm -hmm. so they can guide you. And you're happy with your yeah. partner, yes. Good. And I also, right like, 4,000 square feet and all of this space and I'm bringing in rugs from New York and artwork from galleries and I'm really like, I'm, it, it feels like a show house to me as opposed to a showroom. Oh yeah. And that's I thrilling. Mean, I would have like loved to have checked myself in for the night. You know? Me too. Yeah. That whole lack of Pajama bathrooms party. though. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and as far as naming your pieces, mm -hmm. do you name them after friends? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I do, or whatever's on my mind. Whatever's well, on we're my lucky mind. there's not one that says sourdough. <laughs> or like, wake up rap. So I'm gonna go into my phone right now because I want to, um, I asked somebody who you named, the, what, tell me about the Blitzer chair. Well, um, it's us. named after the woman who does my PR, Elizabeth mm -hmm. Blitzer, who is amazing mm -hmm. and hilarious and stylish. And, uh, you know, when I look at these pieces, I want to be reminded of people I adore. So I, I um, wrote to Elizabeth mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm going to be with, with Alexa. And I'd love to know something that, that I don't know that, that you have between the two of you, some story that I could relay uh -oh. while Alexa's uh -oh. here. So Elizabeth wrote, um, well, when I first worked with Alexa many, many years ago, I would come to her office, and we would sit on the deck right outside of her office door. Is that like a little stoop or something? Uh, no, it's, I'm on the, it's a terrace. I'm on the 21st floor. Okay. She is such an idea person. You can't imagine. We all know that she's smart, but it's one of the do things. Do we all know that? Let's just now say. Now we do. Yes. It's one of the things that we all know about Alexa, so I don't have to say that. But you just can't understand what it is like to sit with her while ideas just vomit. She'll appreciate that, I think. Um, Thanks, I hope from Elizabeth. her being and her generosity, she shares everything, her ideas, her successes, her tequila. She is one of a kind. Things got crazier over the years, and we found it much more productive to do our brainstorming over happy hour margaritas, mm -hmm. dos caminos, chips, and salsa guac beer. One of us was always on some crazy diet that eliminated something, but not so much that we couldn't have tequila in some form or fashion. And guacamole with something. It's keto, that guac. Now that we are old and tired, <laughs> we take most of our meetings still sipping tequila from Alexa's bed. It's true. 
Don't let it fool you. She is more genius than ever, more productive than anyone, more generous than everyone combined. Do I owe her money or something? <laughs> like, what up? Do I have to sleep with Elizabeth Blitzer when I get home? <laughs> oh, and don't think I don't know that she is editing my grammar as you read this aloud. I would expect nothing less. So, that's that was perfectly written, and all of her pronouns corresponded with the verbs. I feel good. <laughs> I wore my Grammar Police t-shirt to bed last night. That is, that is the nicest thing ever. I really, obviously, need to do something now. Yeah. <laughs> Buy her some tech. But it's so interesting, because, like, Elizabeth, I mean, I, when I started in magazines, I knew Elizabeth, and now I see her, and um, she just, she rocks, and she has amazing clients. And, I, um, think, I, I think a great thing for any business person, and I'm talking about us, is not just to look at people in your field that you admire, but to look at other fields because our field you know that's still within the structure of what's been done right so when I was um, first starting out and there was so much I hadn't learned from my father because he would find it unseemly to discuss with his young daughter you know like the, the financial aspects of it um, I would say okay you know who's a hero of mine who I love who's in a different but parallel industry and I was thinking Bill Blass and the way he had he had done such a great job with high-end, medium-end, had never gone so low, though I have kissed a couple of low-end frogs in my pursuit of world domination. Um, and, <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch what he's doing, and I'm gonna watch what, you know, how do the, and now, nowadays you can look at chefs and see what they're doing because their, their profession is exploding. So back to Elizabeth Blitzer, she's in PR, I've never seen anybody who enjoys what she does more. Who, she, everything she said about me, which obviously I'm going to have to pay for, I could say about her because she is so generous. I mean, the reason why I have a line of mantles at Chesney's is because she called me up and was like, you should be working with Chesney's. I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. And next thing I knew, I had a mantle line with Chesney's. I was her first American partner. Um, and, you know, Elizabeth just wants to be part of the movement. So I watched the way she works with people and the fact that she makes it almost a point of pride to my eye that she's enjoying herself and she is enthusiastic. And I look at that and I'm like, I need to remember that. So when I'm feeling like a little slow and drudgy or I'm, I'm you know, stressed out about something, I'm like, I've got to make myself enjoy this. If I enjoy it, I'll do a better job. You know, like if it's the cheapest kids room that I'm doing for a client who I've worked for for a long time and I'm not gonna make any money on this, damn it, it's gonna be the most awesome cheap, cheapest kids room. And I'm gonna just like have fun. Don't you feel like that, that gets a much better result? Yeah, like if you find yourself go, because otherwise you're just gonna go down and all this yeah. negative energy and nothing's gonna yeah. happen, that's right. That's, yes. So when we were at High Point together in the showroom, um, I wrote this quote down. You said, I like the idea of shaping our industry. People complain about this and that, and I refuse to get negative, kind of what, mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit harping on what we just talked about, and that I'm psyched for the future. Mm -hmm. And so um, I want to ask, in what ways are you shaping the industry? You're very involved. Well, we all, we are, we are all very lucky that at this moment in time, our industry is changing. So we can have a voice in it, where uh, 20 years ago or 25 years ago when my father was working, as you said, people weren't 
necessarily telling each other how they bill and how things work and resources and what places, how do you get something in Paris shipped to, to New York and how do you make it easy and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, he was working in the, in the template that he was taught from David Hicks and then Sister Parrish and then Macmillan. So right now, because of the internet, which kids, I really think it's going to stay. I, I think they're onto something. Um, but because of that and because of the way our resources have exploded and there's this huge dialogue right now or conversation about how we bill and fees and markups, we all are, instead of lamenting it, I'm like, yay, we get to shape what this is gonna look like and we don't just have to do what people have done before. And that does not mean, you know, instead of saying, oh, my clients see what it costs and my life is terrible, um, I think we can flip it. Like, yay, my clients see what it costs and I'm not a purchasing agent, so they, they can get that for that amount and they can feel good that they got value, but I'm gonna slap them with a fee that'll make their head spin. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't say that, but um, you know there are dynamic ways that we can we can go about figuring this out. So that's cool, right? Yeah, yeah, no. We had yesterday we had some design talks, and and these two here, um, Julian and Kelly, were talking about you know adapting and and changing. Have you changed your your structure since um, as far as the the business and your fees? Have you do you have a Flat, a flat fee, or how? how I, have I have a fee, and I have markups. Mm -hmm. So sometimes in my head, I, I, it, though it's a complete construct, I consider it as fee is is for my time. So it's trigger, it's it's tied into the scope of the job, and then the markups are for profit yeah. and overhead. Um, Though I could just as easily invert those two and say it in the in the reverse, but there are two schools that I need to get done to get to charge for, and um, which is not to say that I always get it right, or you know sometimes if I want to help a client out and you you reduce your cost on something, then that can open up the whole conversation. Then everything becomes a moving target. Um, uh, sometimes the, it's more important for, I, I used to feel, and, and it was reflected in the way we build, our markup used to be much bigger under my father. And the fees would be whatever the fees were. And then when he, and he also, he would do whole presentations without a signed contract. I mean, whole presentations. It's very noblesse oblige. Um, and so when he died, like, who's going to, you know, that's not going to work for his kid. So I needed to get them to sign a contract before I presented to them so that at least there was some money coming in the door. And then, um, and then after the financial crisis in 08, uh, the markups came down and the fee went up because everybody became so obsessed with buying the thing for less. Like I, I had clients going into Bergdorf's with wads of cash and being like, I'll buy that Oscar de la Renta. I'll give you this for it. Will you take it? And they'd get takers. So that that scavenging mentality, I was like, fine, have the sense that you're getting the thing. But now the fee has to increase. So I, I try to 
parse that out as I go along. So it can adapt, it can change. And as far as um, joining groups in the industry, because groups are important, like we have this group, I was saying like, we're meeting here, design leadership is in England, there's other, there's just all these great groups and, and um, power in numbers and lots of ideas. So I know you're on the board of New York School of Interior Design. Do you, do you teach sometimes there too? I do not. You do not. I hire from them though. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Mama's got no time for teaching. No time for teaching. I got my own kids to teach. I'm like, you are holding your fork totally wrong. <laughs> do you, I, actually, as far as hiring goes, do you get a ton of resumes? Like, um, Yeah, but you always get them when you don't need them. Okay. I know. I mean, I, that's, I got my job six months after I sent a resume, but they, you know, keep them. Do you interview everybody that ends up working in your office? Eventually. So my colleagues staged an intervention. They are, they, they're like, you're the worst interviewer. Because I'm like, what's your sign? Uh, you know, like, I don't know. How are you supposed to know anything about anybody when you meet with them? So they're, they're like, Google. We're, we're going to interview them. So after they do all of the interviewing, then they give me the top two, and they're like, ask your inane questions, and we'll, t we'll be happy with either one. I, a couple of months ago, we featured a, um, a project that was done by Zoe Feldman, uh -huh. and Zoe used to work for you, yeah. and she said when she was um, in design school, she was like, I just want to, you know, I'm going to send my resume to the top, like <laughs> top three design firms, and she just learn so much from you so she's so great and she's she is you know like all of us obviously have it in us or we wouldn't want to be doing this and she just totally has it in her is it a great feeling to see those who you mentor and and educate go off um and do I mean, their it, own thing or are you like sad <laughs> yeah I've like I, I had two people move to DC recently and I one of them still works for me. Like, I forced her to stay working for me. And the other one threw me off. Damn it. Yeah. Um, because we, we all work, we're very sticky in my office. So I have people who've worked with me for 20 years, people who've worked for 15. Do you have somebody, uh, like, I've been um, messaging with Kate. Is there somebody at your office Kate's that's... one of the DC people. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, a right hand, like, somebody that knows all your business that you work with? Um... <laughs> And that's just making me think of a funny, dirty joke. <laughs> Can I tell it? <laughs> the crowd says yes. Okay, so I had a, back to Kate Callahan. She and I were working on a job in Miami. And she and, uh, and I were meeting there every week. And I got there like on a 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. flight. I landed and my bag hadn't made it. And I was so upset. And I, you know, I was like, they've lost my bag. I have to wait till the 11 o'clock comes in. And da -da -da -da. and then the next week I flew and it was delayed again. And I got, I got landed at the airport and I texted her. And she wrote, um, did you lose your bag? But autocorrect made it vag. And I was like, no, I carried that on. Uh, so she does know my business in that capacity. But um, uh I try not to, like Kate's now, we're focusing her, I'm focusing her more on uh, licensing and things that make sense for her to do when she's not, you know, in New York. 
um, that we can do either through FaceTime and we, she and I can fly to North Carolina together and I'm going to make her come to Vietnam with me. But, um, but yeah, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody. I have to take photos of my calendar and send it to my husband and to Kate and... And your husband is not involved in the business? No. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, it's a joke I tell a hundred times, and I'm sure everybody's heard me say this joke, but it just, I love it. Um, there was a time when he was expressing his opinion about something, and I was like, I'm sorry, honey, where have I seen your work? I, I, I did hear that somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. And I was like, and scene. I, <laughs> that's like a really good takeaway, isn't it? Yeah. I know. I'm going to use that, even totally though I, my work hasn't ever been seen. Um, my husband is wildly attractive, so I love to just be like, shh, just be beautiful. <laughs> like, you're so handsome, don't mess it up with talking. <laughs> and you know that appeals to him. He like, he preens. Another good takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. So... Who um, would you love to have as a client that you've not yet serviced? <laughs> um, Chris Emsworth. Uh, oh, oh, that. Um, I, you know, I just want lots of different fun jobs. I can't think of a single person. I would love more jobs in Europe because I'm a wannabe. I'm a total Euro wannabe. Um, I am working on a pilot for a TV show that would be, it may or may not happen, but, um, which I've done before. You know, I've tried and it's failed. And, and once I tried and it succeeded, so you never know. But, um, you know, I just want to keep at, like, feeding coal into the creative oven. I, I just want to try everything. So when, just one question related to what I just asked you. So when you do the showroom at Theodore Alexander, who's your client? Like, is, are you the client? I guess I pretty am. Pretty much, because like the ads I mean, it look, look like oh, you. They don't, they look like Alexa 5.0. Like, if, if, oh. I, if I had half my body surgically removed, turned into hair and stuck on my head. Well, like you, like you see yourself. In, uh, uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> If I saw myself like that, I would just be swanning around this building, so smug and well, self-satisfied. I'd be like, hello, everybody. The first time I'm gorgeous. I saw that, I mean, I just thought of you. As soon as I saw the ad, I was like, oh, that's Alexa. So who would play you in the movie version of your life? And would it be a Amy comedy? Schumer. Amy yeah. Schumer. I had another one. Who? Kate McKinnon. Oh, love Kate McKinnon. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I um clearly my interiors are more formal than I. I love an ambitious design. I love fancy things. I love beautiful artwork, but I am personally a slob. Um but I'm okay with that disconnect. I don't mind walking around in my the maternity gap wear that I bought not pregnant but just for comfy, walking around barefoot in my house, spilling my red wine with my hair on top of my head uh, and like pimple medicine out, you know. I still derive great pleasure from the surroundings and I think it's perfectly okay to, you know, I aspire to get there one day. So those rooms for Theodore Alexander, like 
I would be perfectly happy in them, even though even though there's this distance between how I live. I mean, my apartment's kind of fancy. I'm, I, my aunt walked in and she's like, this is really grown up. And I was like, I am solidly middle-aged, Aunt Paula. And I was like, I'm allowed to have an adult apartment. She's like, true. Well, that's my daughter's bedroom. We moved her in there when she was six. And I was like, you're going to be fancy too. <laughs> um, she borrows my maternity wear. Um, keep going. That's our family room. Uh, that's our dining room. Yeah, I told them to put more pictures of, of our, the apartment in. Because it, that was a version of our living room. It's gotten better. That's our entrance. So that's, that's fancy for a schlub like me. And there I am flirting again. Hi. So I wanna I, I wanna let people ask questions because I feel like um, I've asked enough. And uh, so yeah, I'm not that tired. But I just am like I don't want to hog it. I don't want to hog you. So. <clears throat> so. Thank you for being here. Could Thank you. Respond? Yeah. The airport Marriott treated me just fine. <laughs> you are so so fun and real, and I think your work, like you said, when you said you love formality, but you're not, and mm -hmm. I just appreciate that realness that you give. I love your Instagram page, and I was just flipping through to see which week we were on. Uh, can you believe how much weeks. of the year has passed? 40, week 45, and I love this series because some of these designers I wasn't as familiar with. So that thank you for doing me. that. Are you going to continue? And also, I am. who's your favorite? Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that. Or who was the most fun to, to do? Well, I mean, these are all my friends. And that's the other thing. I was like, wow, I have more than 52 friends. So this is 52 weeks of But don't you feel like as grown-ups, your, your life gets smaller in some ways? And... Um, and I was like, I'm so glad I, I have enough friends to fill this series, and I love them. But um, I am a big devourer of interior designers' work, so I am all over the, those people and looking at what they do. And um, I mean, Jonathan Adler is one of the funniest people alive, except for Tom Felicia, who's even funnier. Mm -hmm. And um, Alan Tanksley, I have grown up with. He worked for my father. I knew him when I was 13. I went to a Madonna concert with him and 12 other beautiful, gorgeous gay men, all of whom were like 6'4 and up when I was 18. And I was just like, I love this. I love my life. Um, it was the Blonde Ambition Tour. It was amazing. Um, I, uh, Markham Roberts also worked for my father. We and we went to college together. Um, you know, they're they're like these are really, really friends. Um, so it is wonderful to salute them and to look at their work. And you know, again, back to the coal in the oven. Like, don't we all need that? Isn't that why we love Instagram so much? We need to we need those details to pour over, and also some ideas that we might flirt with to see them legitimized in the work of somebody else. Like, okay, I can do that. I can mix in that crazy whatever. Or you can see it and go, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't like it. Um, so I, I love it. So thank you for liking it. And you should read the whole interviews because they're very funny. So 
I will tell you a secret that my kids don't know. We are taking them to Madrid for Thanksgiving. And then we're taking them, and they won't know. They'll think we're going to Southampton, and then we'll drive to the airport. And then we're going to take them to Rome for Christmas. And my husband grew up in Rome, so being with him in Rome is, like, the coolest thing. And, again, very attractive, speaks with a Roman accent. I'm like, oh, you go. Just not in English. Just don't talk to me in English. Just be mysterious. <laughs> and lose your shirt. Um, uh, how did I, how did I get the one in France? You know, I, well, I think my, it, it was an older client. They're not American. And I think my father's name was pretty, you know, in the day vast. And, um, obviously to me it is forever vast, but I, I think that it's still to a certain generation, a standard. I hope so. It gives me, I once was on, a, on an airplane with Stephen Gambrell, who's a friend, and he was like, let me ask you, why do you keep your father's name at the company? And I was like, Stephen, because I love him, because that's my daddy, because he was the greatest ever. He's like, okay. <laughs> I was like... Um. Thank you so much for, for being here and your insight. I, I'm a mother and a designer, and I'm always trying to figure out a balance of how do I balance everything. Have you figured that out yet? No, but I try to, as I said, yesterday was my 105th flight of the year. So, yeah, oops. So I feel guilt all the time, but I am trying to, like, I don't think my father felt guilty for traveling all the time. And I looked up to him and loved him to death and run a company with his name on it. So hopefully, hopefully they are seeing it in that way. And when I've got a really bad job and when things are just going to hell in a handbasket, I, I make sure to tell them, like, I'm not quitting. See that I'm not quitting. I'm in hell, but I'm not quitting. <laughs> you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to use it to, to show them stuff. Well, the time will tell, right, whether they end up behind bars as felons. Um, let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> yes, I, I love my felonious children. I, thank you. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Well, it was when um, there used to, Kravitz had the blog fest. Yeah. And we had a reception at the Newell Gallery. And as usual, I stay late. I'm the last one at the party, but so were you. <laughs> and so last we sat at the bar. <laughs> and so you know, I was talking to you, and you go, "Just sit on the floor with me. Let's chat." And I remembered thinking in that moment how very generous of spirit you were. I mean, it was just an incredible moment to me. because And how totally physically lazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stand. But, you know, you talked with me for about an hour, and we just talked about life and work. And I realized that we're all really all in this together. We are. And that was just so generous of you. Oh, my God. It just, that um, meant a lot to me because uh, I had just started out. Obviously, so. it meant a lot to me or I'd be 
having a pina colada somewhere. <laughs> um, I think we have so much to share with each other, all of us. Yeah, exactly. And we have to feel uh, empowered to ask each other questions. Like, I will, I have called Tom Felicia crying about something and been like, what would you do? And I, when I got angry at my father once, I quit and David Kleinberg offered me a job. And the, my friends in the office were like, they said they felt like it was an officer and a gentleman that I was like, I'm like, goodbye. Like, I'm leaving this mining town. Um, um, yeah, I think we, we all have to, we have to pool our resources. So, hey, Alexa, so I also share your love for baboon-ass red lipstick. Uh -huh. It's great kissing. So, but yeah, thank you for being here. But more importantly, thank you for sharing those moments whenever you say, listen, I failed. I picked myself up, and I got after that shit again. So yeah. I love that. We appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you for your authenticity in that. But I want to ask the question. You said that you feed coal into the creative embers. What is your coal for your creativity? Where do you get that from? Travel, images, Bravo programming. Um, but, yeah, it's it's images and and looking at buildings and taking photographs and going to museums and looking at houses. It's just, mm, love it. Thank you. Um, I recently visited your showroom at the D&D &D building about two weeks ago. I don't have a showroom at the D&D building. That wasn't your showroom? What was the showroom called? I saw your name everywhere. In lights? Maybe it was at Kravitz? I saw your name and it was very contemporary. Hmm. And it was black. So was it amazing? Because if you just was, say you loved it, it then I'll really, be like, yeah, really that was my amazing. showroom. And I thought, am I in the right space? Because everything was so contemporary, but everything I saw of your work was very traditional. Maybe I'm confused. but a, It could have been in Kravitz. It could have been in Kravitz. It, it could have been. Um, so it could have been my fabrics and they could be. But, you know, I'm glad you asked that because I do like some contemporary things. I just... I'm still in my Euro wannabe phase. And that was my question. Were you doing that specifically for the New York market, or are you sticking true to your tradition? I, well, as we all do, I work for my clients. So what do they want, and how can I best iterate it? Okay. So I have a client right now, two clients in the same building, one of whom is very traditional, one of whom is very contemporary. So it's, it excites me because I get to stretch and flex so I am physically lazy. I don't like stretching or flexing. Um, and one more question. What is your sign? What do you think it is? No, I'm a double Taurus. My question is, a, a lot of us are at these different um, powwow sessions that get us excited about uh, doing other things in design. But how do we get to the next step when you don't have... Um, a large firm or, or a name behind to approach uh, a, a furniture maker and, and you've got, like, I've got great work. I'm not, you know. I hope so. Yeah. No, no, you, you're supposed <laughs> to think your work my, is great. Myself, but really, I, I, I have a strong architectural background and I, I do a number of different things, get asked and I participate in show houses, but how do I get to the next level where I'm not, you know, doing, you know, bathroom five or. Yeah, but you know, we do all do that. I mean, the, the, I send my kids to school really, you know, my husband and I, from our salaries, from our day job. Okay. The licensing is great and it's valuable, but I still, the bulk of my profits I make in the 
you know, in the original profession. Um, however, since you asked, um, I always have something, okay, again, this is a totally different story because I have a famous father and I'm in the industry. So everything I say, I know that, I get it. Um, I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> um, but I would always keep like, and still do, a folio of items that, as we were saying, like I draw or images or ideas. And sometimes I do nothing with them for years. And then one year I'll get very energized and I'm like, okay, I want to do plates. And I'll contact somebody and I'll fly to Paris and I'll think I had a deal and then it didn't go through. Um, but I, like, I'll have things that I work on and go for. Um, and some of them pan out. So like, you know, when my mother was going to write a book about my father, she's like, oh, I have to get the deal first. And I'm like, no, you don't. You got to write the book first. Have the book. Do the book. Like, so get the designs. Get it going and see. And then present it. Make a list of like, okay, I'm going to approach the boom, 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 boom. And figure out how you're going to fit into their company. What value do you bring them? Um, how can you be their absolute best partner, knowing that everybody's clamoring to get these gigs? But also remember that our day job is, even though it's boring sometimes, bathroom number five, those are the things that pay our bills. And it's astonishing, like, one day you wake up and you're like, I've got 20 years behind me. Like, right. yay. You know, that's, that's just something to be so proud of, just to keep going. So, you know, so, Lord, I'm thinking, you know, you have ideas and kind of what we heard yesterday, team and collaboration, right? So maybe you don't always have to do it alone. Maybe you decide that your story, your niche is maybe there's three of you and you each have a, a complementary, different point of view and, and three of you are stronger and you have a cool story to tell. So, like, it can be all you, you know, and you can also do with digital printing with, with so much happening now, you can, you can do your own thing and have your own product without being a licensed product, but maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's like you create something totally different. That's all. Yeah, you can, you can do a design and have a prototype and offer it on your own website as a custom product. Um, yeah, there are lots of ways to go about it. You just o open yourself up to the, you know, I wanted to do a book called the where to book, not the how to, because I don't care how to string up a sconce, but I wanted to tell people where to put the sconce. And um, I went to my publisher at Random House, and they're like, mm, no thanks. So I called up the Wall Street Journal, and I said, can I write a column for you? So I wrote the column for them. I thought, you know, there's, and even though, you know, it was a tiny little column, and I had like five of them, it's maybe the thing that has impressed my husband the most of anything that I've done. You know, like, it, 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 it's one more little something to put in your bag of tricks that, that you've done. So even if you design that thing and you don't sell it with, the, as you said, you start off as just having like a little boutique custom designs that you sell personally with your name on them, that, that alone is getting it out there. So I think now it would be great. So thank you again, Alexa. Thank, thank you, you, Jane. I hope you enjoyed Alexa as much as we did. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about Alexa at alexahampton.com and see her entire furniture collection at theodorealexander.com. If you are a design professional 
and want to receive information about Designer Experience 2020, please go to the Events tab on our website, designerstoday.com, and register, and we'll be in touch. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to SED. Be sure to visit designerstoday.com for more style, substance, and soul, and also to subscribe to our magazine. Till next time, I'm Jane Dagney, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today.